Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. For the first time this week, it's time to go behind enemy lines on all things New York Jets, Washington Commanders with a peek from the other side. Let's get into it here on a happy holiday edition. It is unequivocally the Super Bowl for New York Jet fans. Field Gates, baby. Field Gas Guardians. Let's bring him on the show. Come on, people. Connor Rogers is joining the show. What's up, Connor? But Trevor Gaston Sikama, baby, for me, personally, my favorite New York Jet of all time. Wow, it's great to be on. What an intro that was right there. Paul, you, nobody does an intro like you, man. Paul, you, you give the best intro of literally any podcast that I'm, I've, I've ever seen. I'm going to lose my gas darn bananas. Good freaking morning, everybody. We're four days from Christmas. Hey, everybody. My name is Paul Eston Jr., a.k.a. Boy Green. I'm the New York Jets digital reporter for Heavy.com. Welcome to Boy Green Daily, a daily New York Jets video program for about 20 minutes and change. And, yeah, we're getting closer and closer to the Christmas holiday. Hopefully all you guys out there have finished the Christmas shopping. Hopefully you all have finished the Christmas shopping. I got my radio show, which I do every day, 10 to 12 here locally in Syracuse, New York. It's called The Man Shout Show. Well, with me, Boy Green, because I'm an egomaniac, of course. But uh, we have our Christmas show today. So uh, some gift giving with the show hosts, the interns, and a whole shish kebab, some Christmas action, some famous guests and things have passed. So I have a bunch of that holiday jazz going on here in just a little bit. So we will have that. And then before you know it, my last radio show of the year is actually tomorrow. And then then I'm not on the radio live uh, anymore for this entire calendar year for whatever that is, a week and a half, two weeks, something like that. And then the rest of it will continue to be just Boy Green Dailies and New York Jets coverage. So I'm very much looking forward to a little time away from that and more time with you wonderful people. So uh, hopefully we'll get to that soon. Now we're hoping to have our Washington Commanders insider here on the program. We'll see if he joins us. But until he gets here, uh, we will give you just a little bit of a taste of this game because we really haven't talked about it, to be honest. We've had Joe Caparoso on this week. Rivka board. Obviously, we had Italy Jet to finish off uh, the game on Monday. But I'll tell you this. Um, 
I'm asking who wants to win this game because the commanders have been eliminated. They are four and 10 on the season. They've already been eliminated from playoff contention. The jets of course have already been eliminated from playoff contention. So that's an interesting question uh, that I think uh, we'll have to kind of dive into there. And that's going to be one of my first questions for a Washington insider. More on that later. Let's go to Phil. I I see this coming up. Who do you think will be the quarterback for the jets? Well, Salah will speak to us next tomorrow. Uh, here's the thing. Zach Wilson was still in the concussion protocol as of yesterday when Robert Salah spoke to me. I'm going to be honest. I don't think Zach Wilson's playing for a couple of reasons. Number one, the concussion protocol is pretty strict. There are six steps that NFL players have to pass before they can return from an NFL or excuse me, can return to the NFL from a concussion. Now, there are exceptions to all rules. And there have been occasions where players suffered a concussion and then within the same week has been able to return. Brock Purdy, that happened this season. But the last time it happened before Brock Purdy was Kenny Pickett back way in the middle of last season, like week five-ish, week five-ish to week six-ish. So it's very unlikely for a player to uh, go through the concussion protocol that quickly. Uh, The NFL rightfully so has been super cautious about this and has been more on the safe side than not uh, on some of these players turning going, eh, let's give them a week. Like think about sauce and DJ, how long it took for those guys to fully get back to the program. So my expectation is Trevor Simeon will be that guy. Cause Sal already revealed that on Monday. He said, if Zach Wilson's healthy, he's the guy, but if he's not healthy, they will go to Trevor Simeon as QB two and then Brett Rippon QB three. But Obviously, if Zach Wilson is out of the picture, everyone moves up a slot. So it, it would be set, uh, Simeon QB1, Rippon uh, QB2. And then we will see if Aaron Rodgers will be QB3. He uh, he was activated uh, off of IR. And let's talk about that real quick. I don't know if all you guys, I know some of the people that watch our wonderful show here, we do stream live on Twitter and YouTube and heavy on Jets, of course. So I'm not sure how many of you guys uh, are aware of the Twitter beef and things of that nature uh, that occurs. But there's been a lot of hubbub because it was unclear whether or not the Jets would activate Aaron Rodgers. Now, here was the decision they had to make yesterday. They activate him. Aaron Rodgers has a chance to play from a global perspective. I'll get back to that in a second. But he has a chance to play from a global perspective, but can also practice. If they do not activate him, he's on IR for the rest of the year, and he can't play in the games, nor can he practice. So the Jets decide to activate him, even though we already know he won't be returning this season, but he will get valuable practice reps and be around the team, etc. But a lot of people on social media lost their collective bananas, saying, wow, so you activate Aaron Rodgers, who isn't going to play, and you cut Nick Bodden. Uh, the Jets fullback uh, was released yesterday in a corresponding move because when the Jets activated Aaron Rodgers, they needed to spot on the 53-man roster for Aaron Rodgers. So they got rid of Nick Bodden in a corresponding move to do that. There was a lot of hubbub on social media saying, oh, geez, heartless bastards. The New York Jets cut um, – Nick Bodden, right before Christmas. Wow, for a guy who's not even going to play. Real dick behavior. That's what people were saying. And I just want to make a few things clear on that front. Number one, Nick Bond's probably coming back anyway. So they cut him. He'll clear waivers, and then he'll probably be ba- brought back on the practice squad. So number one, it's much ado about nothing. What are we talking about? And number two, I'm going to compare it to a story here in Syracuse. Um, a couple years ago, Tim Tebow... Okay, former Jets quarterback, great. He was here with the Syracuse Mets. My radio station, the Score 1260, is the official radio home 
of the Syracuse Mets, which are the AAA affiliate of the New York Mets. Long story short, Tim Tebow is on the team here locally, and it makes a buzz, selling T-shirts, all kinds of stuff. But there are some people that complained about Tim Tebow being here, saying he didn't deserve to be here, and he was taking a spot from Joe Blow. Because, of course, on any sports team, you can only have insert amount of players. And if Tim Tebow was here, he was taking a spot away, quote-unquote, from Joe Blow from getting his opportunity. In the same world, apparently, Aaron Rodgers is taking game checks and a spot away from somebody that could be contributing. And I just have to say this, with all due respect, boo freaking who? He's Aaron Rodgers. It's more valuable to me and obviously the Jets to have Aaron Rodgers playing in this game or not playing in this game, but being on the team and practicing as opposed to a fullback, number one. Number two, uh, Nick Bodden, if you put him on the practice squad and the Jets have three games left, Commanders, Browns, Patriots, you could use a practice squad elevation on him each of the final three weeks of the season. So you wouldn't even need to keep him on the 53-man roster because, of course, no one's going to claim a fullback despite the fact he's in the top five in Pro Bowl votes for fullbacks. So uh, shout out to Nick Bodden. So unfortunately, he goes down the tube. But the thing is, it's much ado about nothing. People are just trying to complain. People are just kind of trying to dunk on Aaron Rodgers for d- some dumbass reason. By the way, Does he get to pick whether the Jets activate him or not? Does he get to pick who gets released? Like, okay, does he have control in this organization? Of course he does. But I think people are making too much nonsense about this. Okay, make your jokes. Hey, 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 it's funny. I made a joke. I made a joke that I made a Game of Thrones joke that, you know, when Aaron Rodgers and Nick Bod met in practice yesterday, he, Jon Snow, you know, Daenerys Targaryen shanked her. Like, come here, buddy. And kind of, he's like, wait, I thought you were my teammate. Ah." You know, I made a joke about it. It's funny. You want to make a joke? That's fine. But people are taking it way too serious. That's my point. So anywho, to answer your question, Phil, I believe Trevor Simeon will be the quarterback. I believe Brett Rippon will be QB2. And Zach Wilson will be inactive uh, still in the concussion protocol. That is my expectation. Again, it's just very difficult. Um, It's just very difficult uh, to return quickly. I would say that. Phil says, do not win draft picks. Because, again, it literally matters not uh, from a uh, uh, win perspective because both teams are eliminated from the playoffs. So, literally, there's nothing at stake from that perspective. But there's massive at stake from a tankathon perspective. We brought this up uh, before earlier on the show. Uh, You know, the latest on tankathon here, folks, just in case those are counting at home, Washington currently has the fourth overall pick. They're the only four-win team in football. There's two three-win teams ahead of them, the New England Patriots and the Arizona Cardinals. There is, of course, the Carolina Panthers. That pick's going to the Chicago Bears. They're at two wins. Then you have the Bears, or excuse me, Washington at four wins, and there's a friggin' bunch of teams at five wins. Bears, Giants, Jets, Chargers, Titans. The good news is uh, the Jets have a 508 winning percentage. That is tied with the Giants after new calculations. So the Jets now sit below the Giants. So if the Jets win, the six-win club starts with the 10th overall pick. So you get into a lot of funky territory where you're now going to creep outside the top 10 potentially, depending on how the rest of it plays out. However, if you lose and Washington wins, Washington could then leapfrog the New York Jets. That is perfectly within the realm of possibilities. 
And then the Jets could get as high as the fourth overall pick this weekend. So a lot of draft action happening here. But I know people kind of have a really curvaceous line here. Some people go, well, you got to win momentum and those kind of things. Others are like, well, the draft position. So wherever you happen to stand, again, I don't tell fans how to fan, but this is how I operate. Okay. When I'm in front of the tube on Christmas Eve, I will be rooting for the New York Jets. I will not be rooting for a loss. That's not how I operate. But if you guys want to operate that way, God bless. Okay, I'm going to be rooting for big plays, all this kind of crap. And then if the Jets happen to lose, like I said, I rationalize the loss by saying, well, draft pick, baby, take a thought. But if they win, we'll see what happens. We'll see whatever my emotions are on Christmas Eve when we're talking about it. But again, I understand the no winning in the draft picks. I understand. I absolutely understand. Um, Let's see. I'm seeing a lot of buzz about this. I think we'll have to do a separate video about this. But as we're dabbling, because I don't know if we're going to get our Washington insider here on the show, which is probably fitting because I don't know how many of you wanted to break down the X's and O's of uh, Jets Washington anyway, I guess. But uh, that's neither here nor there. Actually, we'll we'll wait on that uh, topic. I know a lot of you are interested in. Let's go back to Phil. Is Rippon any good? Well, what's your definition of good? Um, That's that would be mine. He hasn't been great. I, I mean, the, the numbers are, I mean, he beat the Jets at one time, if you remember that. Uh, I think that was back with uh, the old uh, Broncos. I mean, here are stats. He has four touchdowns to nine picks in his career. He's completing 58% of his passes for 950 yards. And he has a 59 quarterback rating. So is he good? By absolutely no definition is he good. But, I mean, I guess that's relative when you've seen the Jets quarterback room this year. He's different, a different guy. So sometimes different can be good. It wasn't good with Boyle. Obviously, there was a hope that, oh, man, maybe something changes here. But no, he's not great. Absolutely not. Which, for you tanking people, maybe you're like, hey, get his ass in there. But um, we'll see. This would be Trevor Simeon's first start of the season. Remember, he's appeared in two games, but like in relief duty. Like, he has not started a game yet this season uh, for the New York Jets. So that would be interesting to see what he could kind of operate with as a veteran, but I'm going to be blunt. If the offensive line is playing the way it was in Miami, uh, Trevor Simeon, God himself. uh, I don't think anyone really has a legitimate chance there. um, Quite frankly, to do anything of note, I'm going to be honest. Uh, You know, that offensive line was so bad that uh, quarterbacks were immediately being attacked uh, from a trench warfare perspective right off the get-go, and they really had no opportunities. So, uh, again, if that's the kind of play we're going to have the rest of the year, we could have trouble. But here's the thing that's kind of funny about the Jets-Washington matchup. The Jets have the number 32nd-ranked offense. Washington is the 32nd-ranked defense. That's true. You you sometimes hear a strength and a strength. What's a weakness and a weakness? Like, someone has to win that matchup, right? Or no? I I, I don't know. Anywho, uh, more on that later. Let's go to Matthias. Mike Tomlin for NYJ head coach. Now, I wrote an article about this. You guys can check it out for uh, Heavy on Jets. A shout out to Jake Asman, of course, uh, the great guy. Uh, NYJ Today, Ty Butler, ESPN radio host. Well, actually, I have Ty on uh, Saturday on December 23rd. So looking forward to that, catching up with Ty. Um, but a few people have kind of tweeted about this. Ooh, Tomlin. Now, I heard Albert Breer. He was on the Rich Eisen show. And he said the surprise curveball the NFL offseason could be the Pittsburgh Steelers, quote unquote, mutually parting ways with Mike Tomlin. That's possible. That's within the possibilities. He said it's unlikely, but possible. And I'll be honest, um, 
I'm not sure how we as Jet fans or content creators would appreciate Mike Tomlin. I've heard some of his press conferences before, and he's not running to give you info like Salah <laughs> on a lot of occasions. So I think we that 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 would be an adjustment. Uh, you know, having Tomlin every week, but uh, I will tell you from a results-oriented business. Now, I hear it from Steelers fans that one of their criticisms of Tomlin is the lack of playoff success. Well, get mine, pal. Uh, the Steelers have not won a playoff game since 2016. Of course, we all know how long it's been for the Jets since they've won a playoff game. But the claim to fame for Mike Tomlin uh, is the winning seasons. He took over back in 2007 for Bill Cowher. And every single year with the Steelers, so what's that? Uh, I think that's year 17, if my math is right. What? 2007, 8, 9, 10, 11, uh, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24. Uh, yeah, so that's uh, 6, 17. Yeah, okay. Math, everybody. Yeah. So anywho, he's in the middle of year number 17. Every single year that he's been the head coach of the Steelers, they've been at least 500 or better. Uh, they're seven and seven right now, so he's got to win two of his final three. He, he blew a lot of games, obviously. Think about it. he lost a two win Cardinals, he lost a two win Patriots, so he would have already been over five hundred again. But he's had some issues. So we'll see how he finishes off the season. Let me actually see who the hell does the Steelers play the rest of the way. What do we got? I know they got the Bengals this weekend. Let me see. Let me just confirm that info for you guys real quick. Let's see. So we got Bengals. Who else we got? At Seattle, at Baltimore. Oh boy. Okay, that streak might be coming to an end. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, that streak might be coming to an end. But the point is, is that, come on, who wouldn't sign up for that? And I did some numbers in uh, my uh, Jets article I wrote about Tomlin. The Jets, since 2007, have only had six winning seasons out of whatever it is, 17 opportunities. Uh, six, well, let me rephrase that, six seasons of 500 or better. So there's been a few eight and eights in there, which help obviously pad the stats. But Tomlin... 16 of 17 right now, and he's in the middle of 17. You know, if that's the waterline, if there's a level of stability, if there's a level of expertise, like, hey, man, I'm a winning coach, there's a winning standard, and then potentially mix it with some of the things that Jets have, it'd be interesting. Now, as fun as all this timeline stuff is, like I said, maybe we'll do a deeper dive video so we can explain all the nuts and bolts of it. But to be honest with you, I mean... It, I would be surprised if the Jets move on now. I know Joe Caparoso yesterday kind of pushed back on it, but as soon as Aaron Rodgers publicly said, he publicly endorsed, and I mean strongly, Joe Douglas, Robert Sala, Nathaniel Hackett, we all knew Hackett, but like all of those guys on a national platform, the Pat McAfee show and said, hey, everybody, I believe in these guys. To me, I feel like it's over now. They have to come back because if he says that, which he did earlier this week, and then Woody Johnson turns around, no matter what happens, rests away and goes, mm, "Those guys are fired, fired." He goes out and does that. That he goes against his quarterback, who just gave him public endorsement, say, "We're not reloading. We're rebuilding, or uh, we're not rebuilding. Excuse me, we're reloading. Uh, you know, we're, we're we're running it back, baby." Those guys are great, fantastic coach, GM, built a great roster, Nathaniel Hackett, quarterback-friendly offense. Like he said, all those things about those guys. So to then go against that to me, I think what all of a sudden that would be drama. So now that Aaron Rodgers said that publicly, I think it's over. I think 100% those guys are coming back, almost under any circumstance. But I guess anything can happen, right? You had that Raiders-Chargers game where Chargers get 63 points dropped on them. It's so embarrassing that the Raiders are like, 
you know, or the Chargers could be like, okay, F this, you're gone. That feels a little different because Staley probably was going to get fired anyway, but you get the point. So you can never say never in this league. But uh, as opposed to Caparosa yesterday, who wasn't willing to go 100%, I'm pretty 100% that they're all coming back, for better or for worse. Take that for what you will. I know some can argue for both ways with the uh, lack of winning uh, that occurred here on uh, both of those records. Uh, that the lack of winning uh, could be a reason uh, to ditch or uh, jump ship or what have you. But, you know, at the end of the day, uh, I think they're back. So Tomlin would be fun, uh, especially I'd be more interested if he got straight up cut. The trade, which would be if, again, if I'm the Steelers and I'm getting rid of Tomlin, I'm sure I could get something of value. Think about it. Sean Payton's been traded. John Gruden's been traded. Tomlin's got a sterling resume, uh, you know. One more Super Bowl is in the Hall of Fame conversation. Maybe maybe he already is. I don't know. But uh, one Super Bowl and a lot of criticism. That was Bill Cowher's team. So, you know, uh, maybe one more. And he adds to the, uh, you know, the Hall of Fame resume potentially. But uh, either way, the point is, he said they could probably get something of, of a substantive value uh, for Mike Tomlin if the Steelers wanted to. Now, will they? I don't know. But if he's a street-free agent, that's a conversation. You're the Jets. Because like, mm, he's going to be hired like five seconds. I know there's David Tepper down there who used to be a minority owner of the Steelers. So I'm sure he would be head over heels interested uh, for a guy like that. But still, that would be a conversation to be had. Now, trade, uh, I don't know. The Jets are kind of limited on assets. They got their first-round pick. They don't have a second-round pick because of the Aaron Rodgers trade. So, like, you know, I just uh, – I, I feel like that part, that portion of the equation – is uh, that portion of the equation is uh, unlikely uh, to come away. Let's see. Um, all right, let's answer a couple of your questions and we'll get out of here. Unfortunately, no Commanders Insider, which, like I said, would be kind of, it's kind of poetic, uh, quite frankly, that uh, uh, we don't get that X's and O's breakdown because the rest of the week is Jets, people. We got uh, Gunny Gumby uh, tomorrow, Ty Butler, and then Woody uh, for Christmas Eve. So uh, no Commanders guy this week, I guess. Go-to holiday meal, Johnny on youtube hmm. go to holiday meal uh i i'm not a big dessert guy so like I, I don't just pound chocolate or any other kind of dessert however the dessert that i like to dabble with and i'll kind of categorize this in the holiday meal normally it's just a thanksgiving thing but you know i can i can i can bend uh pumpkin pie i love pumpkin pie i don't love a lot of pie but pumpkin pie mm, if it's cooked right you've got to have the right consistency you know the right temp you know that sort of thing but pumpkin pie Nice. Love pumpkin pie. Um, there's whispers in the Esden household that uh, one of the holiday meals will be chicken and waffles. Ooh, little chicken and waffles action, baby. Oh, yes. Yes. Little chicken and waffles. Sign me up. The crispiness of the chicken. That, that waffle. Mm, tasty. Tasty. So, uh, uh, good question, Johnny. Let me uh, do, 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 do. Oh, wow. Mamacita. Okay. We got a YouTube super chat here from a boy, Chris K. The fifth. All right. It's been a while, Chris. All right. What do we got, brother? Thank you for the holiday spirit of giving. God bless. Uh, haven't had the chance to catch uh, your live stream much this year, but I'd like to wish you a uh, safe and blessed holiday. Keep up the greatness, brother. Any offensive minds in your radar fill the OC spot. Uh, Chris, thank you so much. God bless. I uh, love that avatar pick uh, of you and your kid. That's amazing. Uh, love is sent to all of you guys. Yeah. And like I said, guys, if you haven't seen it yet so far, 
I will answer this in a second, Chris. If you haven't seen it so far, check out my YouTube community page. Everybody, if you could take just a few minutes to do this, I'd really appreciate it. So I do Boy Green Daily every friggin' day. So like regardless of rain, snow, sleet, or hail, uh, any holiday. So on Christmas, which is coming up on Monday the 25th, of course, okay? I am going to read your Jet Fans Christmas wish list. Again, if you go to my community tab on YouTube, you'll see it. If you back up and go to my channel, you'll see a community tab. And then the first thing should be submit your Jets Christmas wish list here. You click that link and then you submit. You'll see a lot of other Jet fans have already submitted. What do you want as a Jets fan for Christmas? It could be funny. It could be serious. But I want the entire show dedicated Um to your guys' Christmas wish list, and I will be reacting to it, and Italy Jet will also be on the show. So, guys, if you could please, please, please do me that favor. Like I said, hit up the community tab and check out my uh, Jets forum for Heavy on Jets, and you can submit your Christmas wish list. Again, it could be Tankathon related. could be a family thing. There's some serious things in there as well. Jet stuff, anything you want, make sure you guys do that. But let's get to your question, Chris. Any offensive mind generator to fill the OC spot? And Chris, that would be, of course, implying and suggesting uh, that the OC spot is there to be filled. And I talked about this with Joe Caparoso on the show yesterday as well. I just don't know if that happens. I'm going to be – it should, quite frankly. Nathaniel Hackett's been terrible, um, god-awful. I mean, one of the worst offenses in modern NFL history. That's not an opinion. They're, they're just statistical facts based on the information uh, that has come in, quite frankly. So the fact of the matter is uh, he should be replaced. And in any normal situation, he would have been, even though the Jets just replaced Michael Four last year, one uh, one and done. But, guys, I'm going to be honest. I, I don't think there's going to be a spot to fill. Um, I hope, uh, you know, so I don't think that's going to happen, unfortunately. I think Hackett's going to be back. I think Rodgers wants him back. I just mentioned the vote of confidence. Now, one thing that could happen, so let's try to answer this in the way that we can. Unfortunately, the tragic passing of Greg Knapp, I think, had a massive impact on this room, um, to be honest. He was brought in to be this guru of sorts, to kind of be the glue of the room. Because there was Mike LaFleur, think about it, uh, first-time play caller. Um, you know, there was, there was some of that action who where you look at some of the pieces and they needed that central figure that had just been around in the NFL forever. And that was Knapp. And unfortunately he tragically passed away um, in that cycling accident uh, from a distracted driver. And, you know, once they lost him, it, it felt too soon to try to replace him on the staff for obvious reasons, you know, like that, that would be kind of, uh, you know, whatever the word is, like uh, disrespectful to Nap and everybody. So the Jets didn't replace him. And then in the middle of the year, they tried to replace him. And it was just all funky. So it just all, it just unfortunately all didn't work out in a proper way. So something I would like to bring in is a Yoda to the room, a an old guy that's been around forever and can just oversee the operation. Again, I just don't know if the Jets can do this amazing. If they can bring in somebody that could start taking the play calling away from Hackett and allow him to be the OC that he was in Green Bay, where he's not calling plays, but he is overseeing the operation. There's a lot for people who aren't that deep level with the NFL. You know, there's a lot of things that go on with an offensive coordinator. It's not just calling plays. He just rolls up on Sunday and starts calling plays. Like there's game plans, there's third down packages, two minute drill. Like there's all kinds of tasks that go into being an offensive coordinator. So even if Hackett wasn't the offensive coordinator, he could have a re reduced role of like red zone packages or running whatever he's going to run and have someone else call the game day plays. So 
if the Jets can pull it off, obviously I'm all for it. But you, but here's the complicated thing, which goes back to your question here, Chris. If you you're keeping Hackett based on, in my opinion, based on the uh, Rogers vote of confidence that happened, so you're keeping him. So then, who is the right guy to potentially bring in this weird sandwich? Right? So you have Aaron Rodgers. Okay, he's here. You have Hackett, who I believe is still going to be here. Then who's this weird middle person? Is it someone that knows Rodgers and Hackett? Is a brand new person? I heard uh, Matthias bring up Chad Pennington in the comment section. Is it someone like that? Who, by the way, I saw Chad Pennington's son and who was it? Josh McCown's son playing in a college football game uh, like a week ago. God, I'm old. I mean, the silver whiskers likely told everyone that I was old, but that just confirmed I'm old. When I'm seeing players I watched and now their sons are playing. Wow, I am old as hell. That is uh, what I'm saying. Very old. Anywho. So now we're thinking, do you bring in a person that none of them have ever worked with? Like a Chad Payne it's a great example. I hope he eventually does. He just won an award for, uh, for coaching. I think it's at the high school level. But do you bring in a guy like that who's just has no attachment to anybody? Do you bring him in? And how does that connect with everybody else? Do you bring in someone from the past and bring him in? Either way, it's going to be awkward because... Hackett was calling the plays. He loves calling the plays. He wants to call the plays. And then you're saying, hey, not only are you not calling the plays, I want you to sit in that corner and watch somebody else come in to call the plays because you couldn't do it with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, and maybe he's grumpy. Maybe that's bad for the room. I don't know how Hackett would take that potentially. So there's a lot of hubbub. There's a lot of hoopla involved um, in that potential scenario. So in that specific case, that could uh, be some issues. So again, offensive minds of note, I wonder who would take the job because it would be very difficult if Hackett remains and having that awkwardness of the room. Chris, it's a great question, and I wish I could give you a better answer, but at this current point, I'm not sure they're going to replace Hackett. And if they do, what does that name look like? That could cause some issues and really, to me, self-destruct the entire thing. And I'll end, I'll end on this nugget that is being asked here. I think you have two choices to make if you're the Jets, two, okay? Number one, you run it back. Salah back, um, Hackett back, Rodgers back, Joe Douglas back. Everyone's back, and you just run it back, and you say, hey, we're just back, back to the future, but the present. That's confusing, but you get the point that we're just going to pretend it's 2023 again. We're going we're gonna to rebuild it stronger, of course, and then 2024, we're going to see what it would have looked like if it was 2023. That's option number one if you're the Jets, which I, I I, prefer conviction either way. That's my preference. Number two, you blow it up. Now, Roger's coming back to me no matter what. No matter what you do, I believe he's coming back. He's a professional. He wants to do this, blah, blah, blah. So if you blow it up, you got to blow it up. Goodbye, Joe Douglas. Goodbye, Robert Tyler. Goodbye, Nathaniel Hackett. All of them are gone. We're rebuilding a new thing with Aaron Rodgers. Now, does Aaron Rodgers want to learn a new offense and all the other jazz? I don't know. And is that the most opt thing for trying to maximize winning? Probably not, bringing in a brand new group. But anywho, that's your choice. You have one of two things. Keep it the same, relatively speaking. Again, you'll improve the team roster and stuff like that, but keep the main characters the same in the story or blow it all up. You have to have conviction with your decision. I think if you half measure, that's where we get into funky territory. If we go, okay, let's take out just Hackett, but we'll keep Rodgers and we'll keep Douglas, we'll keep I think that's where we start getting funky. I think you have to be all in or all out. I think that's uh, ultimately the decision. But Chris, great to hear from you. God bless. Happy holidays, pal. Love you, man. Um, uh, Johnny says, I don't care who's here as long as we make the playoffs. God bless. Amen. If I had a drink, I'd, I'd cheers you. I guess it's only eight in the morning, but hey, five o'clock somewhere, baby. <laughs> Cheers.
Cheers. Yes. Um, Phil, uh, my dad is a diehard Notre Dame fan, and so I've watched a ton of Notre Dame football my enti- in my entire life. Joe All is phenomenal. He's he's fantastic. And who does he compare to in the NFL? That's a good point. Let me get like one of the things I like to do for these kind of comps is look at size comps. Um, what, what do we have him? Let's say he's like six foot eight. Uh, let me see what's a, what's the number? Yeah, he's six foot eight, three hundred twenty-two pounds. That's what he's uh, listed on the uh, Notre Dame website. Six foot eight, three hundred twenty-two pounds. Again, he is the blindside protector of Jet fans' dreams. We've been wanting, um, you know, uh, a long-term left tackle since the Debrickashaw Ferguson days. We thought again, some people thought maybe that could have been Mackay Becton, but you know, the more that we're going here, it seems less and less likely um, that he's going to be able to be the guy. Uh, but it's hard for six foot eight guys, a pro comp. That's a good question. But uh, so I'll save that for uh, when we have our draft insiders on to give you a, a real better answer to that instead of some crappy answer. But I'll just tell you this. He's fantastic. There are some people that prefer Fashanu, who's the Penn State kid to Joe Alt. There's some that prefer Joe Alt to Vishanu. So that may be one of those debates as we get close to, especially obviously wherever the Jets end up uh, picking this draft, but he's a freak. He's six foot eight. He's 320 pounds. He's a plug and play left tackle. And that if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I feel phenomenal. You get, you get a phenomenal blue chip premium piece with a first round pick. And hopefully, you know, you solve the left tackle position for the next decade. And I believe you would do that with a guy like Joe Alt. But again, we will be getting into draft. We'll have mock draft Mondays, all that stuff uh, after the season. So I'm looking forward to all those conversations. But Joe Alt is probably my pick. I mean, here are the guys in the draft real quick. Then we'll wrap up. You have Drake May, Caleb Williams. So those are two quarterbacks that are going. You have the two offensive tackles, Fashanu and Joe Alt. Those guys are going. The fifth is Marvin Harrison Jr. You have him going. And then once you think about those five, you probably have like neighbors out of LSU, wide receiver, uh, Jane Daniels, the other quarterbacks and stuff. But it seems like there's like five, like, okay. Like you want to be in the top five, basically, to get one of those blue chip guys. Now, again, I think with Aaron Rodgers returning for multiple years is his plan. I don't think under any circumstance the Jets go quarterbacks. I don't think that's going to happen. But I think the conversation truly is Marvin Harrison Jr., one of the offensive tackles, maybe. I think that's I think that's it. So I think the big key is top five, which uh, Phil says in here. That's why I want to be top five in the draft and lose out. If you win, like I said, the current tank of on would push the Jets to the 10th overall pick now and below that, actually, because the Jets don't win the strength of schedule with the teams behind them. They would lose it to Atlanta, Green Bay and Vegas uh, if they got to six wins. So all of a sudden, the Jets right now, if they lost, they would be picking uh, 12th, 13th overall. So this is massive. Think about this. If the Jets lose, they'd be picking 12th or 13th overall, or if they win, excuse me, but we would lose. It's complicated. If the Jets beat the Commanders, we could be picking 12th or 13th overall. It depends how other teams play, too. If the Jets lose, they have a chance to be fourth overall. That's a massive gap of difference. We're talking Joe Alts and Fashanus to, whoa, what are we doing in that mid-mediocre purgatory range? That's where the Jets can get lost. So it is a, this is Tankathon. That's the gap we're talking about here with a win or loss in what is already, quote-unquote, a lost season. Here's the thing, though. 
Washington stinks. They have Sam Howell if he plays, although he was pulled in the last game for half injury, half play, and Jacoby Brissett made some things happen. I don't know, man. I think this Jets defense is going to eat whoever is in there at quarterback uh, for Washington. But Trevor Simeon isn't great either, so it may be one of those ugly kind of games. So, it's uh, man, it might be hard for the Jets to lose this game. It's basically what I'm saying. But we'll see what happens. So uh, just kind of try to enjoy it, folks. That's the best we can do. Uh, so for folks looking for the Washington Insider, so sorry about that. Not sure what occurred, but uh, did not uh, pop up on the show, and I did not get any message. Maybe overslept, but uh, either way, we appreciate you guys tuning in for a Boy Green Daily. See, we can wing it. We can figure it out. We called an audible at the line of scrimmage, and hopefully the Jets do so as well. Again, tomorrow on the show, we have Gunny Gumby. It'll be good to get him back on the program. We'll have Ty Butler on Saturday, and then Woody on a Christmas Eve Sunday. And then, like I said, our special Christmas show, on the 25th, coming up on Monday. And again, my plea to you guys who are watching either live or after the fact, please get involved in our New York Jets Christmas wish list, which you can submit uh, your wishes on our community tab on YouTube. You click that top thing. There's a little link. You'll see a bunch of Jet fan responses inside the link, which is a heavy on Jets forum. And guys, submit them. We have like, I don't know, five, six, seven, something like that in terms of Jets Christmas wish list. The more the merrier because we're going to read them all live on air for a happy Christmas episode and all that jazz. So I am very much looking forward to it. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in for Boy Green Daily. We will see you tomorrow morning at 730. Take care, everybody. God bless. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.